What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, since we recorded our last episode, the Sabres lost two games back-to-back against Florida and Carolina on Thursday and Saturday, respectively. They've lost eight of their last nine, had traded for Malcolm Subban earlier in the week, and in his first game, after saving 19 shots and allowing, I believe, what, five of the six goals, I think, maybe all six, uh, he ends up getting hurt. For all we know, he could have his legs chopped off and he will be considered day-to-day, given how the Sabres like to report their injuries. So how are you feeling, Taylor? You know, I, I feel like that Stephen A. Smith video where it's like, how do you feel about what you're seeing with the Knicks? And he just was like shaking his head and looking down and like very solemnly is like, it's not good. <laughs> 13 goals and I'm not even a little bit surprised. Uh, They've allowed, I think, is it 18 goals after their, over the last three games? A ridiculous amount of goals they've allowed. I will tell they, you right now. They're going to allow so many more goals than the tank team did. And I don't even really know what you can do about it. They traded 20 for goals. 20 goals over the last three games. Two seven spots and a six. Did they allow seven in back-to-back games? No. Uh, actually, yeah, they did. Jesus. See, the other thing, though, that's – pretty remarkable at least is the fact that i mean as we had talked about on our last episode they are scoring you know as we talk about these eight of these last nine going back to uh the calgary game on the 18th which would be the the start of this they got shut out then but they put up four in a losing effort against the rangers four in a losing effort against columbus only one against boston four in a win against montreal two against detroit four against seattle four against florida and then of course, two uh, on Saturday night against the Hurricanes. So by and large, they are scoring. It's just the goaltending is, you know, JV hockey in high school level at this point. Yeah, it's it's kind of stunningly bad. So now Tokarski obviously is tested positive for COVID, so won't be able to see him, not that he was really playing well. Dell, I have no words. Dell CEO Michael Dell. After what we saw in Thursday's game against the Panthers, the, the Sabres are up three nothing. They look they look decent. I think they, they were pretty much played with the Panthers the whole game, which yeah. I was impressed by because the Panthers are really good. And it just like was horrific in the second and third periods, just so awful. Bad. And then obviously they trade for Subban. He's hurt already. So now it's like, what do you do? Anderson's month to month for some reason. They he was day to day a little while ago. I mean, I know he's forty one years old. So now you have Anderson uh, on the shelf. You have Subban on the shelf. And it's like Tokarski obviously is COVID. So I think we might see UPL at some point. Yeah. But man, now you're going to see Tokarski will be back soon, I assume. And that's it's a really bad case. Hopefully not. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're just going to have to do Tokarski and Dell as long as you can. I mean, or, or you just get rid of Dell and throw UPL into the fire. I don't know. What do you have to lose? I mean, in reality, it's it's the question that we had talked about on our last couple of episodes. You know, you make the move for Subban, but it's not like he's a starting caliber goalie in any way, shape, or form. And no. you have to ask yourself, do the Sabres want to upgrade the position? Are they concerned about that? And I think that from what we've seen so far, the answer to that is no, they aren't concerned about that. They're okay with it. And 
we've said it several times the past handful of episodes, but it's the truth because it's going to be really the theme of the year is that it's not really about wins and losses as much as it is about the development of the youth movement of the young guys right now, currently both on the Sabres and in Rochester. Um, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be demoralizing for these guys putting up four goal games and it doesn't matter because they're getting, you know, just obliterated. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, I know there's the school of thought that this is like a stealth tank because you can have the team play well. You can have your young guys play well and not even just young guys, like guys like Oposo and whatever. And you can tell the team likes each other and is well coached and you still lose because you're goaltending. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, I don't like, I get it. They want to be in the top five or whatever. They'd love to be. I don't like losing. We've done a lot of it. It's been 10 years of this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it was hard enough last time we did this. And I have nothing, nothing to show for in between. It sucks. I know I'm not saying they're tanking, obviously. They're not really tanking. But I guess it just works as a backdoor tank if your goaltending is this bad. And this is, it's, They've had nine goalies play since the beginning of last year. Allmark, Hutton, Johansson, Tokarski, Hauser, UPL, Anderson, Dell, Subban. Wow. That is wow. so many. They used to just, it's, it's, it's so weird. Even for people that are older than us, people our age for sure, but people that are like 40 went most of their life seeing good Sabres goaltending like exclusively they saw yeah, even older than that I mean the Sabres have had really good goaltending I guess pretty much since the beginning like Crozier and those guys and I, I always forget who the, the goalie on the 75 cup team was but then after that you get they had Barrasso they had Pupa Pupa was cool I don't know if he was actually good I just love his name Aaron Pupa man uh, and then they had Fuhr and for a little while and then Hashik and then even Baron and Norton that was fine mm-hmm. and then Miller obviously and even I know a lot of people like to hear this, but Robin Leonard was like solid one of his, but his first year and a half, he was hurt for a lot of his first year here, obviously extenuating circumstances, but yeah, it's just been like four years of this now of just horrific goaltending. And it's gotten worse every year. This is obviously the worst it's been. I, I don't know if Dell CEO, Michael Dell would be a good AHL goalie at this point, the way he moves. It, it looks like he also has no confidence. Like he has the goaltending yips on top of being terrible, but there is good news. There's two pieces of good news here. Is one of them, the Sam Reinhart revenge game that he had with a goal and three assists against the Sabres. No, that's bad news. Well, good news, <laughs> news for, for us. Bad news also for certain Buffalo news sports writers. Not even don't look now. Not Sam anymore. Reinhardt. Over his last five games, seven points, four goals, three assists over his last five games. That's interesting. I, I think the most important thing you could do, obviously, is pull out five game samples from the season and exactly. say, like, here, he's only had two assists in these five games. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's not really Wayne Gretzky now, is he? <laughs> no longer. Well, with if the I remember news, correctly, though. a certain podcaster that I'm, uh, I'm quite close with made an excellent point about him and players like him that outside of those top core guys at the top of the league, you know, the McDavid's, the McKinnon's, the McCars, for the most part, these guys who are like 60 point players will go streaks at a time where they'll rack up a bunch of points for, you know, seven, eight games in a row. And then they'll go five games, you know, with only like an assist or two. And that was a great point that you made. And I think that, Oh, it was me. I'm I'm the mystery podcaster. What's that? I'm the mystery podcaster. No, it was actually Joe Rogan. 
Um, oh, right. I yes. let him have my account from time to time. True. And you guys do kind of look alike in a way. Yeah, I'm in better shape. I would agree. I but would he's more red than me. He's definitely more red. He's a, more a lot other things than you too, but. <laughs> True, he's older. He so is. the good news that I was going to say is first, there's hope in hopeless situations. The Detroit Lions just had a walk-off touchdown for their first win in more than a year. That's Wow. Yeah. I believe Uh-oh. it's. Here we go. They're coming back now. I actually was just uh, in the car a little earlier with my dad, and he had said, I don't know where he had heard it from, but that they are potentially looking at uh, Cincinnati's head coach, like not like Cincinnati, like University of Cincinnati's head coach in the offseason. He's a pretty highly touted guy. I know that some of the bigger college football programs have like looked into getting him, but my dad said he read something or heard something on TV earlier that he might be a coach that the Lions would target in the offseason. Wow. So they're just going to get rid of Dan Campbell? I mean. After one year? <laughs> hardly seems fair. You're right. You're right. I would. I mean, you know, the whole one win thing is not ideal, but you know, these things I, happen. I, yeah, I thought it would have been hilarious if they were 0-16 and one. By the way, this is Jared Goff's first win without Sean McVay. He wow, was, I believe, going into this game. Did it? 0-15 and one. He finally did it without McVay. So that's bad. Well, that's that's one of the good news. Is the other good news? Is the Sabres having their pipeline the next Dominic Hasek? Oh, yeah. Let's get into it then. Devin Levi of Northeastern just had his sixth shutout of the season. Folks, it's barely December. He, uh, I actually, I should look, I'm going to look up his save percentage, but it's like in in a absurd, absurd range. He's basically carrying this Northeastern team that, you know, it's not like it's a bad team or anything like that, but like it's, He's he's carrying them the way Hasha carried the checks in the 1998 Olympics. Not an understatement with how good he's been playing. Yeah, he, he's been unbelievably good. I mean, if he ends up being this good, maybe the trade was worth it. I mean, it, it came this to is, pass for really stupid reasons, but uh, this is the problem though, with, with goalies being voodoo. This guy is looking awesome, but we just don't know if he's gonna be that good once he gets to this level. But like you said, I mean, if he ends up panning out and if he's even, you know, somewhat as good as he's playing right now, like I guess comparatively speaking to when he gets into the NHL and starts playing pro hockey, oh, yeah. I mean, it, losing Sam is always going to hurt. You know, I, we all know the kind of player that he is, but that will definitely soften the blow if we end up getting our starting goalie of the future out of it. And by and large, I mean, he's, I think, jumped over both UPL and Portillo as the top goalie prospect in the organization right now. Is, is he not the best goalie prospect in the world right now? By the world, I mean the NHL. I mean... Who's a better goalie prospect then? He has a 955 all, maybe, save percentage. I don't know. 955. I know, He's man, allowed 24 goals on 528 shots. How, how old is he, Taylor? 20, 21? He is turning 20 later this month so he's only 19 much like uh famous celtic jason tatum he's only 19 (laughs) so yeah i mean like like i've said portillo has been good but it is hard to tell sometimes you know he's also got like the dream team equivalent of college hockey playing in front of him yeah exactly so levi is just you know it's a little bit more impressive but it's it's awesome it's cool having a good goalie prospect 
uh, I know it, we've we've had a lot of like, let's say, trying to trying to I guess wish it was wish casting more than anything. Just like the uh, oh, oh, Mark looks okay, or, or Johansson really had a good year in Rochester. Or UPL obviously UPL just this is two years in a row that's not very good for him, so that's troubling to say the least. But yeah, oh, I mean even. Actually, I should say Cal Peterson. Hopefully, that's it's different than that situation. But yeah, yikes! I would I would love if uh, we saw Levi in Rochester next year. I I think there's a good chance of it. I mean, he is just dominating right now, and I know, you know, with goalies, obviously, it just takes longer in general, and you would expect in most cases like that that a guy is going to play out his four years. But I mean, why not get him in Rochester with the level that he's playing at right now? I, I think you have to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know he he won't just come up and be a cash. That was a joke, obviously. But the, the goaltending, as we've mentioned, it's it's ugly. Well, and I don't. It'll be better because it literally can't get worse. I don't think. And I think um, it'll be better too, in the off season. The thing too we have to keep in mind with the goaltending is in UPL's case. I mean, the net next year in Rochester very well could and should be Levi's because UPL undeniably needs to at the bare minimum win the backup job next year because if he can't even do that then it's time to move on or you have to do something I mean you you, if at this point in the game the guy is just not able to overtake that and I'm not saying that he's not that guy he very well could hell he could end up coming up this year and end up stealing a spot and staying up the rest of the year when he eventually comes up inevitably at some point but with that being said though like I said if we get into next year and they bring in a couple more, like like a veteran, you know, guy. I don't know who you'd want to say, just but like an older veteran who's maybe like a level up from Craig Anderson right now and isn't forty one. Maybe somebody in like their like thirties or something like no, that. No, 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 no. We want someone older than Craig Anderson. We do. Okay, more experience. Well, go for fifties then, maybe. I was looking more like forty six. Who we bring out of retirement? What's Mika Norman doing these days? Marty. Oh, yeah, Norton? we could do him. Marty's right there. That's true. He could, you can have like a mic on him too. So he could be like the, he could still do the intermission report. He's just doing the locker room. You think Marty should be their e-bug? I don't know who their e-bug is, but I mean, he's there. Probably. I bet he probably would be. He'd be probably better than Dell. That's a really good question. We should do a Twitter poll for that. Would Marty Baron be a better goalie in the NHL right now than Aaron Dell? I, might I don't know who Aaron Dell is, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think I think he might be. I mean, I bet he's a better broadcaster, at least. Oh, certainly. By the way, this is a thing I'm going to bring up. If you were a person that's walking behind uh, Duffer and Marty during the intermission report, don't wave or look at the camera. It's been done. It's been done like a million times. No one cares. No. You just look stupid. And you're, you're distracting me from my handsome friend Marty and whatever interesting point he's going to make in his uh, compelling French accent. It, it is captivating. It, it really is. The accent is just the purest thing about the Sabres right now, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And I liked, actually like the intermission show for the first time since Robitaille left. Mm-hmm. They, do, they do a good job. And Those I don't two work, see, they work really well together. Yeah, I don't want to see like Diane from Lockport being like, oh, I'm on the TV. I want to look into Marty's uh, steely blue eyes. And I like Duffer too. He seems like a, seems like a good hang. I agree with that. Well, what else are you thinking? You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking um, about DraftKings. Wow. 
Yeah. Have you been thinking about DraftKings? I do from you time know what? to time. I, I, I really do. It's football season. Is you know, it? I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Yep. So, <laughs> excuse me. Wow. wow. A little cough there. I'm not sick. I just got COVID tested. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. Usually, you know, points are scored a lot. It Often, does happen. Most games has been known to. New customers who bet just $1 in any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And so, we're back. We're back. I have something so, we know, can talk about. Okay, so do I. What are you going to say? Mine's quicker. I saw Dom Brown, Buffalo rapper, at Fatty Beer Co. last night. He was a very nice guy. Really? Did you chat with him? I did. Um, He told me he just made another video with Stevie Johnson. So I'm going to look into that. He said it's going to be on Spotify. So something to look out for. You know, he's a he. if you don't recognize the name, he's the guy that made the Rockin' with the Bills video at My Cousin Vintage on Elmwood. Where it was, mm-hmm. it was like last year, right before the playoffs. So, oh yes, nice guy. Oh good, you always love to hear that. Uh, any well-known Buffalo person is a good person, because far too often, that is not the case. Maybe not far yes. too often, but it happens that that is not the case. Yeah, and now let's give our list of well-known Buffalo people we don't like. Okay, folks, we're back. We just cut out that whole section. Um. Too many names. That was <laughs> and we, we don't want to get into negativity. It's the holiday season. At one point, Brandon took his shirt off. Um, my pants are I, still off. Yes. Well, and they're gonna stay that way. Of course. I would like to throw out one more good name. Someone Whoa. I saw. I didn't talk to him, but Bill Fickner. I saw him on Hurdle a couple of years ago, and he was very gracious with the staff at Max. Really? He seemed nice, and I like him as an actor. Huh, that's interesting. He that's came into good. Max with a, a a shotgun, and he's like, you know who you're stealing from, pal? <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy, like, I, it's so surprising, because I feel like, yeah, he's open about the fact that he's from Buffalo, but he's also probably one of those guys that I think, you know, outside of people from Buffalo, because he's he's from here, does he have fans? Are there William Fickner fans? I think so, because he's one of those guys that shows up in a lot of good movies, but he's never the star. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I think a lot of people who are casual movie fans look at him and be like, that's that guy from this thing. Right. They would know him, but they, you know, but, you know, I don't know. if I don't know. I mean, he probably has as many fans as an actor of his uh, level of fame would have. Sure, sure. He probably doesn't have haters. No, I mean, I don't really. Yeah, I got. I, that's fair. He's he's one of those guys where it's like, how could you? You know, 
just yeah. mainly for the fact of like what is there to hate about him necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, you know what? I have big news. Um, Tell me. I, so watching Succession season three and then also the Friends Dispatch, I'm an AJ and Brody fan now. Dude, he was good in that episode. He was. And he was very good in the French Dispatch, too. All so right. now there is at least one Adrian Brody. We know of one. The world, they do exist. You and the million other people who follow him on Twitter. How do you feel about Succession, the season so far? I want to see how it ends before I really give my thoughts on it. It definitely Indeed. feels different than the other two seasons. I feel like it's like dragging a little bit right now. I'm like kind of like waiting. Like, you know, I, I think looking back earlier in the season, the moment at the end of, I think it was like episode three or four where Jerry comes into the office and is like, the FBI is downstairs. And then they event like that, I think was just such a moment of this. I think that may be probably like the peak of the season, just like sitting there and just being like, you know, like just gasping at it. It was just so, I wouldn't say unpredictable because we kind of knew it was trending towards this, but like the, just how it was filmed, the music corresponding with, it was just perfectly done. And I feel like now we're just kind of waiting for like the next big shoe to drop, which who knows, maybe that's going to happen tonight on tonight's episode. I, I feel like Shiv has got to leave soon. Right. I mean, she's going to probably switch to Kendall's side. I would think they can't go. I, I feel like it'd be tough for them to go the entire season with just continuing this dynamic without any kind of major change like that. Yeah, it is interesting. I thought the last episode was good. I agree, uh, but it's, it was it's dark honestly people that's been the thing for like the entire run of succession it's like oh i don't know who to root for or whatever they're all so bad it's also like it's not sports grow up yeah but you're like yeah root for anybody yeah there's it's been kind of light even when i'm not gonna do a spoiler here but what happens in the end of the first season happens you're like oh oh jesus but it, it's there's right. still this lightness to the show because I, I think partially because it's so funny and well written and like so watchable and you have like guys like you know greg and connor that are so fun to be around but this last episode kind of like (laughs) made me feel gross like kendall man or kendall very self-destructing yes but roman is a level of like competent evil like he's awful you know the first one of the first things they show him do is rip up a bunch of money in front of a kid because he didn't hit a home run right you know he's an awful person and he's been pretty awful the whole time but man, he is like diabolically competently evil now. He it's getting to the point now where like he will just do anything to get his father's approval and his love. Like, I mean, that's the case with all of them, you know, like they'll just do anything just to have him give him a pat on the back. But like he is just so desperate for it. That's why at the end of the episode, like, you know, I think he pushes Kendall because when Kendall tells him you're not real and he took it so personally like oh i'm not real like i think deep down he probably knows that oh yeah he's a he, huge yeah. prick very insecure i think he actually in some ways reminds me of his dad because when when he gets boxed in when logan gets boxed in by someone complaining about what his his network and what his media empire does and stands for and supports he always does that, like, oh, we make news for people that don't want to be lectured or or things like he he does that kind of like throw his hands up, doesn't don't have a real argument for it, but this is the kind of mm. like, oh, we, we do this for the real Americans type thing. And then it's it's kind of a way of saying there is there are no good guys. And that's 
yeah. Roman very much has that. He anytime he feels threatened or anything like that, he's very um, defensive about like Kendall, for example, Kendall or Shiv. That's why he's always attacking Kendall about everything or Shiv about cheating on her husband and things like that. He gets, yeah. Hey, great show. Anyway, much more Definitely fun to talk about the being the youngest also. I thought Shiv was the youngest. No, I thought Roman was younger than Shiv. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't know that impression. Well, it's there's a weird thing where like the intro, which is great by the way, they show the four kids lined up, and it's like they were not that close in age. Obviously, Connor's supposed to be like mm-hmm. twenty years older than Shiv. Why is he like twelve and she's nine? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Connor's right. adult, probably when Shiv was born. Well, let me see. Um, I'm gonna look this up. Actually, I, I always thought Shiv was the youngest. Let's see. But yeah, Kendall is just becoming the absolute worst. Like it's just every time he comes on camera, my skin crawls by how cringy he is. So Shiv is the youngest. Connor is supposed to be in his oh. mid fifties. Kendall is obviously forty now. Uh, Roman's in his mid thirties, and Shiv is in her early thirties. Really? Yep. How old's Tom then supposed to be? I would guess Tom is supposed to be older than her. Yeah. Because Sarah Snook is in her early thirties in real life. I, I always forget the guy's name that plays Tom. Yeah. It's, let's see. Right. I, I'm guessing he's Matthew McFadden. Yes. Yeah. He is. He was great last see. episode, just like his acting. And that was yeah, really good. He's 47. In the show? No, in real life. Oh, okay. Matthew McFadden is. Yeah. Unbelievable. Great show. I can't wait to watch tonight's episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to be great. You know what else I can't wait for? The Sabres upcoming week of games, right? Let's Folks, how excited are we? The how most. excited are we to watch the Buffalo Sabres? So we'll see them again. They do have a little bit of a break, which is nice because they had a busy stretch. So they are the main game on ESPN Plus on Tuesday when they take on the Ducks. The Ducks are surprisingly winning a lot. They're 13 yep. 8 and 4. Uh, Troy Terry is uh, on a tear. That's why yep. they, I, I'm trying to think of a pun with his name, but. Bizarre. Troy Terror E. Yeah. He's gonna change his name to that. He's Ooh. yeah, that's it's it's weird. Um yeah, they've had a they've had a couple mid-round guys, I guess, pan out because you know Max Comtois, the mm-hmm. leading scorer last year. So, you know, if Zegris and Drysdale are legit, they'll be good. And who do they draft Zegers this year? Zegris are so good. <laughs> they draft um McTavish. That's right. So mm-hmm. they're probably not as good as their record shows. I'm sure Vegas will pass them, but Hey, John Gibson's playing like he has a pulse again. That's big. Yeah, absolutely. He's pretty good the last is. time he did that. So that'll be an interesting game. Uh, and then they don't play again until Friday when they play the Rangers. Followed by the Caps on Saturday night. Man, the Rangers are 16-4-3. Crazy. Just Shesterkin crazy. is a – yeah, it's it's goaltending, weirdly, because you would figure the Rangers, all the prospects they have, and you know having Panarin and Zibanejad, you think it's scoring. But Shesterkin – one of the best goalies in the league right now. Mm-hmm. They know Crazy. how to draft him, I guess. Yeah, no, they they certainly do. I mean, we'll see. That I think that'll eventually fall off. But then again, who knows? Maybe if their goaltending starts to slip, then the scoring is going to start to come up. Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Panarin have a pretty slow start to the year? I think he's definitely started to pick things up since. His last, yeah, last five games, he's been on a bit of a – or last four games, rather, but – 
um, yeah, he's back up over a point a game pace now, but I'm pretty sure to the start of the year, he had a, a little bit of a slower start. So yeah, he's moving. Yeah. now, you know, it looks like the like a real number one center. Yeah. Crazy. That is such a bad trade. Stunningly bad trade. What does the banish one? Yeah. For Ottawa. Yeah, I know. I know. For, for Derek Broussard, right? One for one. <laughs> Was it really only one for one? Mm, I could look God. it up, but yeah, I'm looking right now uh, at their stats. Um, I did notice that Capo Caco and Alexis uh, Lafreniere are both being outscored by Barclay Goodrow. The $6 million man. That's right. Caco is uh, eight points and Lafreniere has six. Jesus. Yeah, not good. Even oh, other wait, untouchable is, guys uh, like Philip, Philip Chaitel and uh, Ryan Lindgren also have four points each. The untouchables. Unbelievable. Thank God they didn't get Jack Eichel, who also is back skating now already. Have you seen this? I think it's propaganda. Could be doctored footage. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I don't think the question so much is whether he'd be able to skate so much as whether to be able to take contact. Yeah. So we'll sure. see. Maybe maybe it'll change things. Maybe he'll Tyler be Johnson is getting the surgery. I saw that. Yeah. So, oh man, this this trade. I just looked it up. Oh no, it's worse. How? Okay. Let's see here. I'm gonna get the actual details. What the hell is it? This NHL.com. What is going on with you guys? This is horrific. All right. I'm, I'm going to the hockey writers website. That's how desperate I am. Oh. They got Mika Zibanejad and a second round pick for Broussard and a seventh. Wow. Which means Broussard was the one that was more highly, uh, I guess, thought of in the trade. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's why Ottawa's Ottawa, folks. Yeah, clearly. Hey, speaking of uh, of scores and everything, there's a pretty big matchup in our fantasy hockey league this week. Is it us? It is us. Yeah. Have you checked? I winning? <laughs> I have not checked uh, this week actually at all. I lo- I lost last week and it knocked me out of first place. And then this week I have my highest scoring week of the season. And I'm like, I I, I would be. I think I'm the highest in the in the league this week too. It's 243 to 127. So I got a nice well, little comfortable 120 point lead on you. That's nice. I saw that's after cool. after Monday you were up by like 40. So we had a we had a good start to the week for sure. The squad's coming, and we had a trade too this week. You and I. Hmm. No, I don't moves. recall such a thing. No, you don't remember. No. It was a good deal for us both, I'd say. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm out. <laughs> it's been a really bad year fantasy-wise for me. I mean, I'm I'm out of the playoffs in both my fantasy football leagues. Fantasy basketball has been an injury nightmare. My picks, even, that I do, uh, picks pool I'm in, not great. I got knocked out of my survivor pool. Come on. Taylors who are down bad this fall. Seriously, though, that you hate to see that. Brutal. Do you have any other uh, NHL thoughts? Anything else happen? I'm trying to think. Not really. I mean, 
Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I don't have many other thoughts at this point, to be honest, about other stuff going on around the league. Um, Got a big game tomorrow, though, don't we? Oh, we sure yeah. do. We, we could talk about that before we wrap up. Our, uh, our, our big game, Monday Night Football. We were just making our tailgating plans prior to starting the episode. We're going to win. I believe him. I believe him. I do, too. Mac Jones is a clown. Yeah. It's, um, the weather's not going to be great, which I'm not, I'm not thrilled about. I mean, yeah, no, it's the risk you take when you go to a December game. I'll say this. I've been to four Bills Patriots games. There's been some bad weather. Actually, pretty much all of them, there's been bad weather. I went 08, the very windy game. Matt Castle was their quarterback. The goalpost blew down. 13, nothing lost. Not great. Went in 2010, day after Christmas. I wore sneakers for some reason, even though it was single digit degrees outside. Oh, Taylor. I think that was a 38 to three loss. That was not good. And then I went in 2015. That was perfectly fine weather, but we lost. And then 2016, the day after Halloween, and it was like freezing rain. So this is going to be four or five somehow bad weather days. Jesus. That I've gone to. And I swore off going to Patriots games, but, you know. Monday night football, you can't. I they pull I was gonna say they pulled me back in, but you know, I'm like uh I feel like Wayne Grow and Heat, like come on man, I gotta get it on. <laughs> I gotta I gotta go yell and then get mad. So either Only they win and we have a tomorrow. very excited Thursday show, or they don't win and we might not have a Thursday show. That's true. We'll just cancel it. Yep. Okay. Canceled. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Hope hope the networks don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all, all right, right well, well any last thoughts before we wrap up hmm go i don't think so perhaps. go bills you know go bills go bonnies go bonnies Big absolutely win. go bonnies you know who else go go Notre Dame fans for being free of brian kelly <laughs> do you feel like your soul has been um cleansed in some way yeah yeah I think just in terms of like people, looks, probably coaching ability, Brian Kelly to Marcus Freeman is an exponential upgrade. So have fun at LSU, but you suck, Brian Kelly. Have fun in the SEC, pal. I know. Not playing friggin' Navy and Stanford. Brian Kelly is like a mayonnaise sandwich on Wonder Bread. He is a, well, I feel like they had, they've weirdly, so they've won three national championships this century with three different coaches and uh, Les Miles and coach O both seemed like they were, you know, very much LSU guys, but they did win a national championship with Saban, who does not seem very much like an LSU guy. Mm. So that's interesting. Well, he can go screw himself. I hope Brian Kelly is excited to play Alabama. I know it's gone very well the last two times that's happened. I think he'll do great. I'm really looking forward to watching those games. I hate Alabama, but I will really be enjoying those matchups. I'm excited. I'm excited to play him. As a Tennessee fan, a loyal Tennessee fan, they don't play every year. We need you to come through next year for us, Taylor. I think they do play next year. You got to rally the troops. Oh, hell yeah. He's, He's scared of Josh Heupel, some people are saying. Many Josh people Heupel's offense. Many people. 
All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on their respective websites, whatever social media platforms you're on and whatever you're using to listen to this podcast as well. So make sure you're following them and subscribing to them. Also, make sure you're checking us out as well. You could find us on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. Wherever you're listening to us, as I had said before, too, make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. We would really, really appreciate it. And as Taylor had mentioned before, we will be back with a new episode on Thursday, potentially barring how tomorrow goes. But with that being said, everybody, have a great start to your week. Go Bills. Go Bills.